my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Everybody, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Jalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope you had a good week. I hope you have a great weekend. Well, we have come to the last episode in the Distant Cousins. I know it's a garbage title, but I couldn't think of anything else. It's a double feature. And we <laughs> we have the episode that I am dreading because it's just so disc. <laughs> oh my goodness, they really they grossify John Stamos. I'm gonna say that to start off. I'm sure many of you out there agree with me about. Season 7, episode 18, Kissing Cousins, which aired February 15th, 1994. So you had a nice Valentine's Day, and guess what? Hey, here's Kissing Cousins right off of The Last Dance. I know I complained about that <laughs> in the last episode with just one of the guys, but... Oh boy, <laughs> now you probably know why I originally wanted to wait till the end of the year to cover these two. But anyway, we'll have fun. We'll have fun regardless. Jesse's cousin, Stavros, comes to visit and takes advantage of the whole family. I mean, I get it. Okay, we came off of a really heavy, probably one of the most heavy, powerful, sad episodes of Full House in Full House history, and then... We get this dumpster fire of an episode following it. And I'm just like, but hey, we get another set. This is like, Kissing Cousins is literally bookended by two sad episodes. The Last Dance and then Love on the Rocks. Kissing Cousins is the last episode where we have DJ and Steve in a good solid place in the relationship before boom she breaks up with him and love on the rocks oh my gosh guys there was literally like a a week and a half break between kissing cousins which came out february 15th and love on the rocks which aired march 4th 1994 well they probably like oh this is the big one this is the big one because you know if you think about it, guys, at this point, Steve and DJ have been dating for literally a season and a half. Almost two, two, almost two seasons. That's like two years in full house time. That's enough time for us to get to know Steve, to love Steve, to love them both as a couple, to have... The rug ripped out from under us to have our hearts stomped on and our power couple breaking up. But if you think that's bad, um, 
six episodes earlier, we had another power couple that had been dating longer than DJ and Steve. Season 7, episode 13, the perfect couple had Danny and Vicky breaking up. Which was sad. I cried in both those episodes. Because I just, I grew up with these characters. I fell in love with these characters. And it just... It, it's almost like at some point they feel like part of your family because you grew up watching them. You grew up with the characters. All right. <clears throat> so, again, Season 7, Episode 18, Kissing Cousins, February 15th, 1994. Jesse's cousin Stavros comes to visit and takes advantage of the family. This has got a 6.3 out of 10 based on 246 ratings. And we have Brad Joseph Dubin as Pizza Guy. We got Madeline Capone as dancing partner. Alicia Ann as dancing partner. David Dean, double for Mr. Stamos. And Bradley Ackerman as Alex. Not part of Nikki and Alex. But someone named Alex, I guess. This second half, basically the majority of the last, like, six minutes of this episode, I believe, take place in the Smash Club. So this episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Jeff Franklin, and Tom Burkhardt. All right. Oh, we got connections. King Creole. There is a poster for the film in the attic. Kissing Cousins. Title reference. What is... Okay, I want to see what this is. This came out in 64. An army officer returns to the Smoky Mountains and tries to convince his kinfolk to allow the army to build a missile site on their land. Once he gets there, he discovers he has a look-alike cousin. Oh, I get it now. I get it. So Elvis Presley plays someone named Josh, and then Elvis Presley in a blonde wig plays someone named Jody. Wow. Some of these people in the cast look like I might recognize them from some of the older films they might have watched at one point. But then again, I could be wrong. All right, we got trivia. Stavros's name came simply from Dick. Oh my gosh, I did not realize that. Stavros's name came simply from taking John Stamos's last name, replacing the M with a V and an R. John Stamos filmed scenes with Jesse and Stavros in the same frame as Jesse first. Then Stamos would go back and reshoot the same scenes as Stavros in front of a green screen. During close-up shots and a fight scene, a double was used to fill in for whichever character did not show his face to the camera. John Stavros... Stavros? See, now I'm doing it. John Stamos appears in a double role as both... We know they were just saying it. This is a piece of trivia that could be easily just removed because... Oh my... Sometimes it's like you see that in some trivia. It's like it's the same thing. Just watered down. John Stamos' appearance of Stavros was achieved using hair gel, a fake mole, a fake nose, possibly a fake mustache... Sometimes a green screen and sometimes a double. Well, good for this person. They seem to have their back straight. All right. So do we have any goofs? We do. 
This is not a goof. I don't think. This is someone's opinion. If Stavros's pizza smelled that bad, then the box being closed would have been enough to stop the smell from leaking out, and the family would have gotten over it quickly. After Stavros opens the pizza box, the slices are together, then spread out, then partially together again. A pizza... <laughs> a pizza. <laughs> a different actor playing Jesse is noticeable when he picks up Stavros as he's running away. Well, I'm going to keep... I'm going to check on that. I'm definitely going to check on that. All right, let's see. We got any user reviews? Taylor Kingston, November 25th, 2015. Gives us a 5 out of 10. The one with Jesse's creepy cousin. Okay. I really only have one word that sums up how I feel about this episode of Full House. Meh. Hey, Taylor, I feel the same way. I do. It's more than meh for me. It just... <laughs> it's Sideshow Bob Shudder from The Simpsons. If you're not... If you don't know what Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons' Shudder sounds like... Go watch Cape Fear of season season five episode Cape Fear of The Simpsons and you will know. Or just YouTube it Sideshow Bob Shudder. Cause that's what this episode makes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. It was okay. It was alright. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't hilarious. And certainly isn't one of my favorites. However, I do think it's worth watching. And I think the main reason why I don't like this episode very much is because John Stamos plays Jesse and his cousin, but the cousin is super gross and super creepy. Yes, Taylor! A hundred times yes! Totally agree. In this episode, Jesse comes home from Greece after attending the funeral of his grandfather, Papuli. And he doesn't come home alone. Why? Just leave him there! Say, hey, Stavros, you want to come to America? That's great. You pay your own way. <clears throat> um, I just, I, I, ugh. I think it would be cooler. It would have been so cool if we'd have gotten Silvio coming back. I think that would have been crazy. And then he just is there, and DJ's there. But I think that would have been an interesting episode. Like, hey, remember when you and I got married when we walked around the table? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we don't need Elena. We don't need Elena. Uh-uh. No, just, just, just Silvio. Okay. So, he brings along his cousin Stavros, who's actually, who is, act, actually looks a lot like Jesse. Eh. I wonder why. The two are very close, but he isn't a great guy. He cons the rest of the family, even hits on Becky. Yeah, that, honestly, when he's hitting on Becky, like, straight up, practically, S.A. moment, I, that made me extremely, this episode in general makes me uncomfortable, and I feel gross just by association. But anyway... Ugh. Let's see. And after overhearing the family talk about his bad behavior, Stavros convinces the family that his town in Greece had a huge mudslide, asks them to hold a fundraiser to help rebuild the town. Part of the best part of the episode, anything except Stavros. Where I'm gonna tell you, um, 
So that would be, what, the first few minutes before Jesse and Savros walk in the door, I guess? Overall, I give this episode a 5 out of 10, which in my ratings book is, eh, okay. Pretty much. So, <laughs> I know, guys, I know. This episode is cuckoo crazy bananas. But, hey, I said I was going to cover every single episode of Full House, and that's that's what I'm doing. So, alright, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all you Tanner newbies who have not, who are just tuning into the podcast, I want to say welcome. Welcome aboard the Tanner Train, aka the podcast. And I want to let you know a few things. One of all, where you can listen to the podcast, which you probably already learned because you're listening to it right now iTunes and South SoundCloud are the two platforms that I use for podcasting. And those are the two places that you can listen. Also, the podcast has an email address, omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to write in, talk about your favorite Full House memories, favorite characters, favorite storylines, or worst Characters, worst storylines of either Full House or Fuller House, you are more than welcome to do so. Excuse me. I'm already getting my podcast voice, and I've only been doing this for 13 minutes, according to my counter here (laughs) on Audacity. All right, and guys, I'm sorry. It is, like, almost 9 a.m., so bear with me here. Okay, also, podcast does have a Facebook page. If you'd like to, you can follow along so you know what episodes I'm covering and when. Because I don't go order of air date or episode by episode, season by season. I go based on theme, based on character or holiday or just whatever pops out of my head, basically. (laughs) I did do a podcast episode dedicated to the 2022-2023 podcast schedule of the Full House portion of this podcast. However, I did mention in that episode that sometimes I might be changing stuff up for certain reasons due to scheduling issues or whatever's going on in my life if I get super busy, which where I work, we're going to be getting busy shortly due to that time of year and the next couple months and my new role that I've taken on with the job that I work at is requires a lot more responsibility on my part so yeah I do my best to get in my episodes when I can if you don't already know I will be wrapping up the full house portion of this podcast in December. So being we're in March, we still got quite a ways to go to the end of the year. And then, of course, I will be wrapping up the fuller house portion in 2024. Now, basically what that means is any episode I have not covered. Whoops, there's my alarm set to wake me up, even though I've been awake since 730. <laughs> um... Yeah, basically that means any episode I have not covered in the last almost four years since doing this podcast, creating this podcast, 
I'm going to be hitting, and we're probably going to pretty much, we're just going to go in order for the most part, I think. Um, I won't be really doing themes as much, because, well, there aren't a lot of episodes of Full House, really, that I can connect with themes and everything like that, so. Or I could, but I'm just like, no, we're just going to play it straight through. And I counted, there's roughly about 30 plus episodes that I have not covered of Fuller House. Now, after that, does that mean this podcast is coming to an end? No, it doesn't, because there are still plenty of Full House, Fuller House related things that I could do. I have Full House Stephanie books that I could review. I have some behind the scenes Full House videos that I could go through. Just so many. There are some Full House PSAs that I did a podcast about. Just so many fun different things. Also, I do 90s kid movie reviews on this podcast as well. So, Speaking of movie reviews, I will be covering the movie Andre from 1994 for Earth Day in April. So look forward to that. All right, one last thing. Two last things, excuse me. I do want to also let you know that every podcast needs support. The only thing I ask of you is a moment of your time. If you could go to iTunes, search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by their Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. And lastly, I just want to say that this podcast is a little different from other Full House podcasts out there. There are some that are rated E for expletive due to language and content. I wanted to be the opposite of that. I wanted there to be a Full House podcast out there that was appropriate for ears of all ages that parents could listen to with their kids, parents having grown up with the show and are maybe introducing their children to the show for the first time and just want to, you know, hear about the episode, my thoughts and just me reliving my memories and just kind of looking at things a little differently now as an adult versus my rose-colored glasses when I was a child. And just having fun, because I love this show. It's so much a part of me growing up. This was the one TGIF show I watched basically start to finish. All right, so all that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy Kissing Cousins, Season 7, Episode 18. (laughs) Let's do this. Of course, before we get going, we have the adorable cold open, and we are in the living room, Nikki and Alex. Oh, they're so cute! They are dressed in cowboy outfits with, one is wearing a red vest with a red hat, the other wearing a blue hat and blue vest. They they have, it seems like every pillow from a throw pillow to a bed pillow and all the cushions of the couch downstairs. They have this long blanket draped over and Becky comes in and is like, oh, Nikki, Alex, what are you guys doing? What are you boys doing? And they said, we're making a fort. Yeah. Um, one of the boys says, it's a fort. 
And Becky says, well, I see you used every cushion and pillow in the house to make this fort. It's like, well, hey, you got to be creative, right? <laughs> the one twin in blue says, I didn't do it. So, of course, she doesn't believe him. Like, boys, it's not nice to tell a fib. The one twin in red says, it's true, mama. And Becky tells, well, I'm sorry, guys, but you brought these pillows down here. Now you're going to have to bring them back. Let's go help mama. And, of course, as she pulls a blanket back, who pops up? But Joey, he's wearing a red handkerchief across his face and a cowboy hat. So I don't think we've ever had Joey do an impression of John Wayne. He's like, whoa, there goes another fort torn down by somebody's mommy. I, I don't know. I can't do a John Wayne impression, but Joey can. It's pretty decent. <laughs> Becky turns the tables on Joey. She's like, come on, boys, get him. <laughs> cushion and pillow in the house to make this fort. I'm gonna do it. Boys, it's not nice to tell a fib. It's true, Mama. Well, I'm sorry, you guys, but you brought all these pillows down, and now you're gonna have to bring them back upstairs, all right? Let's go. Help Mama. Well, there goes another fort torn down by somebody's mommy. side plots here is Danny so as we open up on the living room Danny's wearing a karate gi or I guess basically he's taking a self-defense class he's holding a banana and this is something it feels like that will come back again at least once or twice because he's holding the banana out to Joey saying Joey come at me with this banana and Joey says, Danny, look, I know you're into this self-defense class, but when is everyone, when is anybody ever going to come at you with a banana? Yeah, <laughs> Joey says, but I highly doubt that you're going to get attacked by some crazed fruit vendor. Really, Danny says, well, come on, Joey, i got to practice my disarm and disable move with a banana. Of course, Joey's trying to be supportive. In subtitles, it says both imitating kung fu noises. It just sounds like Danny is imitating a snake or an irritated cat with that, you know, that weird, just weird hissing breathing sounds. Of course, Joey takes it a step too far with the, he's pretending like he's in a Godzilla movie. Someone out there somewhere is probably finding this offensive. Oh, it's like that banana was loaded. Because Danny puts a hand up to block the banana and Joey rams the banana right into, jo into Danny's palm, which then explodes on impact, getting Danny on the front of his karate gi getting him on the forehead his hand is just full of mushed mushed banana the thing i notice is there's a window right at the landing of the stairs before you go down the second set of stairs to the into the living room 
There is a golden, like, yellow light that, of course, on the set is probably most likely a spotlight. If you look into the mirror, you can see a reflection of that window with the light coming through. Danny takes, there just happens to be a towel there on the coffee table. He takes it, wipes off his forehead, and says, I think I better work on that move. I'm like, yeah, what I'm interested in is to find out how Danny or why he decided to take a self-defense class. Did something happen that we don't know of? Uh, another thing I've noticed, it seems like Bob Saget, you know, we know that Bob Saget, the actor, does wear glasses. His character, Danny Tanner, does not. However, you can definitely see, like, a sunglasses outline around his eyes that, um, like, clearly, maybe, he, it looks like he did get a little bit of sunburn, possibly, around his, his face area. Like, he'd been out, you know, on the water, on a boat somewhere, hung out in the sun... He's got fair skin, so of course, you know, people with fair skin, sometimes they get sunburned easily. But it's just, you can see the shadow of where sunglasses would be over his eyes. Okay, Joey, here we go. Please uh, come at me with this banana. Danny, look, I know you're really into this self-defense class, but I highly doubt that you're going to get attacked by some crazed fruit vendor. <laughs> come on, i got to practice my disarm and disable move. Oh, all right, okay, here, okay. <clears throat> Danny should have called up Mr. Miyagi. I mean, they both live in California. He could have called up Daniel LaRusso and gotten tips from him, I think would have been better. Oh, but definitely Mr. Miyagi, 100%. They both live in California, don't know how far from each other, but I still think it could have worked. Jesse, of course, knocks on the door. Hey, can I get a little help here? And Danny calls to the girls like, Hey, girls, Uncle Jesse's back from Greece. I don't know how long he's been gone, whether it's been two weeks, whether it's been a month. Not sure, not sure. Of course, Jesse's got, like, two suitcases and a carry-on. And the first thing Jesse says to Danny's like, Oh, nice outfit. And Danny says, Nice luggage. Of course the girls come running in from the kitchen. Uncle Jesse! And they ask how it went at Papuli's funeral. And Jesse says, you know what? It was really beautiful. Of course it was. It was a celebration of his life. You know, everyone with funerals, you know, has their own way of how they celebrate. Different traditions, different cultures and everything. But overall, it's like a celebration of a person's life. Who they were and just everything. Of course Jesse went back there for it, but did his parents, you know, his dad who Papuli, I believe, would have been his father, right? I mean, had to have been. Okay, so of course Jesse brings it back, uh, us back down from uh, cloudy to full of sunshine. He's like, gang, on a happier night note, okay? I brought back a surprise from the old country. I really thought <laughs> DJ would have been like, oh, is Silvio coming back? Or 
Mel oh my gosh, Melina, Michelle's doppelganger. Now that would have been interesting. I think that would have been just, a, if not more fun than Silvio. He says, you guys are going to love this surprise. And of course, someone, Michelle probably said, a, a pony? Uh, and Danny says, no, Michelle, uh, a pony would be a little difficult to get through customs. Just store in the overhead compartment, yep. Hey, can I get a little help here? Hey, hey, girls, Uncle Jesse's back from funeral. You know what? It was really beautiful. I don't know. In a way, it was like a celebration of his life. It was really, really nice. It's nice you went back there for it. All right, gang, on a happier note, I brought a surprise back from the old country that you guys are going to love. A pony? <laughs> Michelle, no. A pony's a little bit difficult to store in the overhead compartment. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys are going to love this. Stavros comes in. Wow, the plaid suit jacket and matching pants. That, ugh. He hasn't even opened his mouth and I'm already grossed out. It looks like he's bringing a bag from... It just I get this Belky Bartakamus from Perfect Strangers vibe. But Belky was a sweetheart. He was a naive sweetheart. This guy is... A wolf in sheep's clothing. He's even got the matching, like, suspenders. And he's wearing a turtleneck. And Jesse says, everybody, this is a surprise. Why would they? They don't even know this man. Why would you think that they would want to see this guy? Papuli is one thing because he's an adorable old man. Was. Was an adorable old man. This guy is just, ugh. Cousin Stavros from Greece. Um, here's a question. He's your cousin, right? Why wasn't he at the 50th anniversary of Papuli and his wife? I mean, honestly. I mean, and another thing, of course, Jesse's parents weren't there either. And neither of them showed up for Papuli's visit. Uh, <laughs> DJ's got a look of, uh, and even Stephanie is just like. Yeah. Of course, Michelle says, I hope you didn't have to fit in the overhead compartment. What is with this weird, <laughs> weird laugh he does? Yes, he says, oh, such handsome, beautiful family. Now it's time to play hug the cousin. Uh, Stavros, they're not related to you. Well, the girls would very distantly, if even a speck of DNA will be shared between them, but mm. not even a speck, just a piece of dust. So he goes and hugs a double hug with Danny and Joey. Uh, hello. Forehead kisses on DJ Stephanie, and let's pinch the cheeks of little Michelle. Like, it was nice when Papuli did it, because he's a real relation, but this is just... He does do the forehead kiss with Michelle, and then he pinches her cheeks. I 
want to know when that thing starts. Like, the whole pinching cheeks of children. It's just, it's, mm, No touch. Just keep your hands to yourself, Stavros. But Jesse is just grinning happily. It's like, oh, it's a cousin from the old country. And, of course, Stephanie's the one that says, Uncle Jesse, Cousin Stavros looks a lot like you. DJ and Tia, you guys are definitely related. So Stavros goes up there. He's like, oh, you think so, huh? Yeah, this nose, he's pointing to his own nose, says, nose of Greek god. That's a nose of cockapoo, as he points at Jesse. And Jesse just smiles. <laughs> Cute. So right away... He's like, oh, well, enough laughter. I must get to the seedy hotel in bad part of town. Bye-bye. You know he's just saying this so that way they'll feel good. Like, oh, no, my family? No, you're not going to stay in a hotel. You're going to stay right here in our home. Throw him in the alcove. Danny is the one who's over. Like, hey, no, Stavros, of course you're not going to do it. You're going to stay here. And he speaks only for himself, it feels like, because I don't think anyone... Well, Jesse's fine, because it's his cousin. He's like, oh, no, you're you're not going to stay in a city hotel. You're going to stay here with us. We will be more than happy for you to be our guest. He calls Danny Dan. He's like, oh, now I must give big kiss on forehead. And Danny just... You know, a firm handshake would be more than enough thanks. And he goes over there and plants a kiss on Danny's forehead. I'm just like, mm... He says, you know, maybe just a nice handshake in the hallway. He calls Joey Blonde Man. Even Dan is just like, ugh. Of course, here comes Becky with the boy saying, boys, daddy's home. And they run over to Stavros. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Of course, Jesse has to correct them. Boys, over here, I'm daddy. <laughs> and they look at Stavros and say, sorry, mister. Stavros more than welcomes the kid's like, hey, kitties, how you doing? And Jesse has to go like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm daddy over here, okay? <laughs> and one of the two says, sorry, mister. Of course, you know, Becky goes over there like, oh, I missed you. And we all missed you. And of course, Starbucks says, oh, such beautiful twin boys look just like Rebecca. No, he doesn't know her. He says, now I know where they get their good looks, for, good looks from beautiful mother. Uh, that butters Becky right up. Like, oh, thank you. Uh, mm, who, who are you? <laughs> Nothing like compliments from a stranger that's in your house. So, Jesse explains to Becky and the boys, like, oh, honey, Becky, boys, now this is your cousin Stavros from Greece. How is he the boys' cousin? I don't know. Cousin-in-law, I guess, for Becky. He's in town for a few days. And Becky's like, oh, this is Stavros. Jesse has told me about you. Yeah, he told me about you. Yeah, and Jesse says, when I was 11, I spent the summer in Greece and Stavros treated me like a brother. <laughs> Taught him about the birds and the bees. Uh, well, actually, it was goats and weasels, Stavros says. And Becky's like, oh, goats and we weasels, okay. Pronunciation of goats says, it's, it sounds like guts. Yeah, she says goats and weasels. Hmm, that explains a lot. Uh, I just, the way that he just kind of bobs his head, just kind of, he just, he gives off this, again, creep vibe, creep factor. Stavros! Surprise! 
a surprise. It's my cousin Stavros from Greece. kitchen it looks like it's either later that day or possibly even no it's got to be the next day joey's wearing his detroit lions baseball jersey and michelle and stephanie and dj they all come in with stavros in the back door and they took stavros sightseeing and they go like, oh, well where'd you go did you take him to golden gate bridge fisherman's wharf michelle says Oh, no, we took him to the racetrack. And Danny asks, you took Stavros to the racetrack? And Stephanie says, no, he took us. Okay, I gotta ask. I was just thinking about this before I started recording. Um, How is Stavros driving Danny's car? Did Danny make a quick call to the insurance company and put him on his policy for a short amount of time? I mean, honestly. And the guy, it's like his first trip to America. I don't know how this works and everything, but I'm pretty sure you would have to get a driver's license or something to be able to operate a vehicle in the U.S. But again, San Francisco's got loads of modes of transportation, different ways to get there without a car. They could have just done, taken a trolley car. And Danny is like, Stavros took you to the track? And <laughs> gross. We see Stavros with 
the fridge door hanging open. He's got the carton of orange juice, drinking it right out of the carton, of course. Says, oh, the track is very educational. He's just, he's disgusting. And then he burps. Everyone's just so grossed out. Joey, Danny, Stephanie, they're all like, he's drinking our orange juice right out of the carton. Like, please don't put that back in the fridge. Put that in the trash. And Starbro says, girls, tell Papa what you learned today. Don't bet your tooth fairy money on a long shot. I would not have left my kids alone with that man at all. Even if they were in a public place, it's like, no. They willingly got into a vehicle with Stavros behind the wheel. He drops off Danny's key, says, oh, thanks for using a car, Dan. By the way, it parked right in a great spot. Little red rocket ship where dogs go pee-pee. He parked in front of a fire hydrant. Danny is going to get a ticket. Danny grabs his keys so he can move his car and says, oh, by the way, do me a favor. Don't put that back in the fridge, that card of OJ that you're holding. So, Stavros is acting like he doesn't know how to play a card game. He's like, oh, you play some form of card game here? And Joey says, yeah, it's called Gin. Do you play? Of course! Stavros takes the deck from Joey and just spills the cards all over the place. Oh! <laughs> they spill all over the place. Says I'm not very good. Joey is like, oh, well, sit down then. Sit down. It says he's imitating W.C. Fields. I don't know who that is. It says, sit down, my well-coiffed foreign friend. Sit down. Now we got to... So he's clearly... This guy is a shyster. He's a scammer. He's just a disgusting jerk. Smoking a cigar in Danny's house. And now he's doing the shuffle thing. I actually learned to kind of do that where you take the cards and you bend them to the point where they kind of shuffle together. That just makes me want to grab a deck of cards and do that so badly. I don't know why, but I just find it soothing and satisfying. Danny and Danny. Joey is getting... Like, royally just pound. He is losing big time. I can only imagine how much money he's losing. Stavros, we see, has got, like, three rings on his hand. Like, one ring on a, his pinky and then, like, two other ones. It's like, you know he probably shystered somebody out of those you know he's a he's a con man he is a con man plain and simple he calls joey diamond joe he's like come on diamond joe one more nothing or double and joey says stavros i'll pass i i already owe you 46 bucks i've only got 20 bucks and stavros says it's okay friendly game Takes his 20, and not to mention, takes Joey's watch, which, what is it really worth? Five bucks? Yeah, he says, I'll take watch. And he goes and flicks the clasp on Joey's watch, and boom, it just disappears. He's gonna, ugh. He's like, oh, nice doing business with you, as he kisses Joey on the forehead. He even puts a cigar out in what's left of Joey's sandwich. Ew. Sightseeing. Golden Gate Bridge, Fisherman's Wharf. The racetrack. You took Star Wars to the racetrack? No, he took us. 
Stavros took you to the track? Track is very educational. Uh. <laughs> Best of about what you learned. Don't bet your tooth fairy money on a long shot. Thanks for the use of car, then. I parked right in great spot, right in front of little rocket ship where dogs go pee-pee. <laughs> rocket ship? Dogs go pee-pee. Fire hydrant. Fire hydrant. Do me a favor. Don't put that back in the fridge. Ben. <laughs> oh, you play some form card game here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's called gin. Do you play? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm not worthy. I'm not very good. <laughs> well, then sit down, my well-coiffed foreign friend. Sit down. <laughs> Diamond Joe, one more. Nothing or double. Stavros, I'll pass. I already owe you $46. And I've only got 20 bucks. Oh, it's okay. Friendly game. I'll take watch. <laughs> nice doing business with you. That's for me, I'll get. So now we're in the living room, and there's a knock on the door. It's a pizza guy with a pizza. And DJ opens it, and she's like, oh, who ordered pizza? And Stavro says, oh, it, I ordered it for everybody. And they're all like, oh, great, cool. So the pizza guy says, all right, that'll be 20 bucks. And Stavro says, oh, I will get it, as he takes the pizza away. He goes to sit down on the couch. And Steve is one that's like, uh, Stavros, you owe that man $20. And then Stavros plays dumb, saying, oh, I don't have $20. Like, dude, you just won 20 bucks from this shyster. He's a shyster. He's a scammer. Oh, I cannot stand this man. Yeah, when he takes the pizza and just goes to sit down, you see Kimmy and DJ kind of exchange a look like, what? Normally, money has to exchange hands. Yeah, and he says, oh, I only have drachmas, which I guess is the currency in Greece. I don't know. And... He, he's like, oh, DJ, be a gemstone and pick this one up. She's a teenager. You know how long it probably took her to save that $20? I mean, this is 1994, for crying out loud. She's like, well, I guess that cleans me. Everyone's got, like, cash in their pocket, like, not in a wallet, none of that. It's just crumpled up in their pocket. But then again, I mean, Everyone had cash back then in the 90s just on them. Whereas nowadays, half the people like like myself, I don't carry cash on me. Because I pay with a card. Or I use, you know, Apple Pay or whatever. She's got, she reaches into her back pocket and pulls out a 20. Yeah, she's like, well, that cleans me out. Anyone got a tip? Oh, Kimmy's got this. She pushes DJ aside and says, oh, I got a tip for you. And the guy looks interested, like, okay. She is so brazen with this. Oh, here's a tip. And the guy's smiling as Kimmy's crossing her arms, like, oh, if you uh, tickle me with a feather duster, I purr like Catwoman. And the guy just like, what? He's expecting clearly a money tip. I mean, what if she said, oh, I'll give you my phone number. Here's a tip. Here's my phone number. He can't get the pizza man cannot get out there. Pizza man. He's a guy. He's like a 22-year-old 
still finishing up college pizza delivery guy. He cannot get out of there fast enough, and he's just hanging in the doorway. <laughs> Kimmy knows she can say the right thing to make anybody feel uncomfortable, including a complete stranger like this man. He's like, gather around, gather around, children. Look at kitties. Look what I got. Here's the pizza. As soon as he opens the box, even DJ's like, oh, it smells like something crawled in there and died. What is that? Yeah, even seems like oh, they should deliver that thing in a lead box. Even Kimmy, who's used to gross-out behavior, this is beyond even her. She's done, said, gross things over eight seasons. But even she can't handle this roadkill on a pizza. Double feta cheese and lamb guts. Are you? Where did he get this pizza from? It came in a regular, ordinary box. It just said pizza on it. Are you serious? They just happened to have a goat nearby and they just did away with it? And just in case someone just happens to call in for the this, ugh. He's like, enjoy. And of course, Steve is clutching his stomach like he's going to literally Ralph all over the floor. And Kimmy is like, uh, Deej, we'd love to stay, but, uh, and Steve is, but I'm going to hurl. <laughs> he puts a hand over his mouth and rushes to the door. DJ is literally, she's sitting right next to Stavros on the couch. She is like getting full-fledged. Goat gut, lamb gut, whatever gut, double fed up, like, full in the face. Ugh. Dog, Comet wouldn't even eat that, I can't imagine. Did they cook that stuff before they put it on the pizza? Hey, who ordered pizza? I ordered for everybody. Oh, great. Right, really cool. That'll be 20 bucks. I will get it. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, uh, Stavros, don't you owe that guy uh, 20 bucks? Oh, I only have drachmas. DJ, did Gemstone pick this one up? Oh. Oh. Well, that cleans me out. Anyone got a tip? Here's a tip. <laughs> if you tickle me with a feather duster, I purr like Catwoman. Yeah, this my old one. He gets out of there. Oh! Well, it smells like something crawled in there and died. Uh, they should have delivered that thing in a lead box. It's double feta cheese and lamb guts. Enjoy! Uh, Deej, we'd love to stay, but, um... Uh, but, but, uh, I'm gonna hurl. thinking about the fact that it's 20 bucks for just a pizza in 1994 that must have been what he wanted was a special request like we'll have to charge you more than what we would normally charge for a large pizza because that is an unusual request we've never gotten before i'm just thinking about and okay so rewind to 1999 home alone they had 10 pizzas Times twelve dollars uh, for basically a large pizza, one hundred twenty-two dollars for ten. Anyway, anyway, I'm just like that must have been like okay, this is an unusual. We don't normally get <laughs> requests like this. 
we can honor your request, but there will be an upcharge. See, that's what I like about ordering online, is especially with Domino's. And guys, I don't work for Domino's. But I like that you can see on the screen there is a tracking log where it says they're making your pizza. Now the pizza's in the oven. Now they're boxing it up. Now they're sending it with a delivery person to your house. That kind of thing. Which is really cool. I really like that. Another thing is, you can tip when you pay on the on the website. Or, you know, I'm sure they got an app and everything like that. But it just, it just amazes me how much pizza ordering has changed over the years. And the fact that, again, I don't think Stavros has ever been to America, but he's driving Danny's car. He knows how to place an order for a pizza. And it's, they said he's only there for a few days. What day is this? Day two? So, as Steve and Kimmy are rushing out the door to get away from that stinky wham gut aroma that even Comet would turn down, uh, Becky's coming in from a workout, and I don't know whether this is a weekday, a weekend. This is an early morning, so it's got to be a weekend because she would normally be with Danny at Wake Up San Francisco. But she comes in with a leotard, basically. It almost looks like a swimsuit over black leggings, like a one-piece swimsuit over black leggings. And we know that Becky works out because there's another episode when she was going to the gym. Yeah, it was the episode of The Apartment in Season 7 when Joe... No! It's the next episode! I'm sorry! Yes, in the Love on the Rocks episode, that's right! Joey played an April Fool's Day prank not on April 1st. And he changed everyone's clock and watch and everything in the house. Even... In, I guess, he went to the cars and adjusted the time there as well. Because Becky was saying, on my way to the gym, I found out it's four in the morning. Mind you, again, this is before cell phones. So, basically, microwaves, stoves, anything that had a clock on it, Joey changed. So, it's a creative one, but I'd be like... This is during a weekday when people are either going to school or work, and they got to be up at 7. You're waking them up at, like, 4 in the morning. You would be moving out, Joey. That is, no, that is inexcusable. But anyway, I'm getting off the point. Becky comes in in her swimsuit legging leotard dealie from the gym. And she's sucking down a bottle of water. Like, oh, that was a great workout. She's got her clothes at her back. Why did she just change out of the leotard into whatever she came with? Who knows? Stavros is not only a major creep and a cheapskate and an overall jerk. He is, I don't know if I'm going to say predator in a way, because that could also pertain to... I don't know whether that would pertain to, like, um, I'm just gonna say, this guy is just, he's, he's a fiend, he's just, he is seconds away from what feels like an assault on Becky, in a way, and this made me 
uncomfortable watching it growing up as a teenager. Stavros is sitting on the couch eating his lamb gut pizza. He's got a hand on between like his hip and his back and he's got an raised eyebrow. He's like, that is hot. He's talking about Becky, basically. Becky, before she even walks into the kitchen, she turns and looks at him surprised, like, excuse me? But he's like, oh, I mean, the cheese, it's hot. Uh-huh. He says it's dang near bubbling. And Becky is already creeped out by this. She's like, really? <laughs> well, uh, don't burn the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Uh, you can just tell, and just the way the family looks at this guy, he is just, I would rather have Rusty here right now than this creep. Rusty was playing pranks and stuff like that. That's just the Rusty factor. This guy is straight up just not right. Excuse me? I mean, the cheese is hot. It's dang near bubbling. Really? Well, uh, don't burn the roof of your mouth. So, Becky's looking in the fridge for something to eat. Because, of course, you work out, you burn a bunch of calories and energy, you gotta replenish. We see Stavros, like a creeper, peeper, in the laundry room, still holding a piece of pizza. Oh, you see, like, a piece of, like, pizza, like, in his, that fake mustache? You, when I play the clip, guys, listen, somebody full out says, ew. Becky's got, like, five long carrots that still have the greenery stem attached to it. And he goes over to her, and he's like, oh, beautiful. And she's like, well, it's just a carrot. So he's literally right in her personal space. He asks, oh, anyone tell you you hold vegetables like Greek goddess? Literally, in her space, like, inches from her face. I would be like, guy, you need to back off, and you need to step out of the room. And she is just, she's, she's creeped out. She's uncomfortable. She is visibly uncomfortable. She's like, not recently. Yeah, it's like she's in the little area where the sink and the stove are. And he's basically got her blocked in there. He's basically cornering her. And then he's like, oh, you smell popping fresh. And she says, oh, well, I was just at the gym and I rubbed on some Ben Gay. Yeah, she... Becky, I mean, I'm not blaming anybody uh, except for Stavros. He needs to get out. But I'm surprised you didn't say something like, can you please leave? I mean, again, I'm not blaming her. She's trying to be polite to him because she, he is her husband's cousin. He's family, I guess. And he apparently doesn't know what Ben Gay is because he's like, this Ben lucky guy. He goes in to, like, smell her... Because, she, again, she's wearing that swimsuit leotard thing. And she immediately whacks him with a carrot. Yeah, she's like, hey! Smacks him in the face with a carrot. 
And he, he's apologizing. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You, you smell so good. I just can't control. I'd be like, I don't care. I don't, I mean, if I arrive, like, I don't care that you're my husband's cousin. When I tell him what you did, he's going to kick you out of here and send you on a plane back to Greece where you belong. Yeah, he's like, oh, bad nose, bad nose. And, of course, Becky is, like, threatening him with a carrot, which, good for her. She tells him, Stavros, you keep your nose out of my business. He's just trying to play off the situation. Like, oh, it was my nose, bad nose, bad nose. <sighs> Stupid. Um, I gotta ask, where is Stavros staying exactly? Please tell me he's not staying up in the attic with Becky and Jesse and the twins. I would not want him around the girls either, or the twins, or anybody in that house. That guy is not fit for society. He needs to be locked away. Just a carrot. <laughs> Anyone tell you you hug vegetables like Greek goddess? Not recently. Mmm. Can you smell poppin' fresh? Well, I was just at the gym and I rubbed on some Ben Gay. This Ben lucky guy. Sorry, you, you, you smell so good, I, I, I just can't control. Bad nose, a bad nose. Stavros, you keep your nose out of my business. Sorry, he's, uh, I, I respect nose. He has mind of its own. Bad nose. Bad, bad nose. Bad nose. So Joey comes down the stairs with... Stephanie and Michelle, we see that DJ is still sitting on the couch in front of that disgusting pizza where the box is, the top of the box is now closed, but she's still plugging her nose. <laughs> and Joey's like, hey, look, gang, pizza. And Michelle goes to sit down next to DJ and opens it immediately. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, Stephanie that opens it. And they're all like, ooh. And Stephanie says, when did they start using dirty laundry as a topping? Kama immediately goes over there and starts nosing through the box. And DJ says, well, at least there's one happy customer. Yeah, but Kama, like, backs away. It's like, ugh. Is it just me? Or does Kama's fur look a little darker? I mean, it could honestly be the lighting, but his fur just looks a little darker than normal. Not that, you know, I'm just kind of... But anyway, yeah, and DJ's like, or not, and Comet whimpering runs out of the room. <laughs> Danny comes in saying, guys, look at this. I'm not a happy camper. Okay, so this is still the same day. Because Stephanie's still wearing that yellow and black flannel button-up. Yeah, Danny's like, I'm not a happy camper. I got a parking ticket for parking next to a fire hydrant. Even though he didn't park next to it, Stavros did. But Danny, then why were you letting him use your car to haul your daughters around? That guy already proved he can't be trusted. Look what he almost did to Becky. I mean, you weren't there for it, but we saw. All of us saw. Us being the viewers. 
$65 for parking next to a fire hydrant in 1994. And Joey says, well, yeah, he cost me 20 bucks and my watch. And of course, DJ went, wait a minute, he had 20 bucks? I just gave my last 20 bucks to pay for his... Yeah, he, <laughs> she says, he cost me 20 bucks for that hot goat on dough. Yeah. And Becky says, yeah, well, he hustles more than just money. When I was in the kitchen with him, he tried to hit on me. And Danny kind of looks down at Becky, almost asks, like, are you okay? He's like, wow. Uh, yeah, just the look of Dan Danny, he looks very concerned. Which is more than I can say for what Jesse acts. Like, that really irritates me. Like, dude, that is your wife. Family or no family, I mean, come on. He's a cousin, if that. And Stephanie says, wow, Stavros is a sleazebag. And Danny says, well, you know, he, he does have one good quality. He's leaving Thursday at 9.18. And Danny, I mean, <sighs> he says, I, I think maybe we should just, you know, try to hang in there until then, okay? I'm like, no, guys, he is a problem. Danny, it's your house. You have a right to say, I don't want this man in my house anymore. He's hitting on your wife, Jesse, which you don't seem to be bothered by. He, he ends up taking Stavros' word over the families. But this just kind of makes me think of the fact of when Rusty and Cindy were there, and Jesse's like, well, look, your dad really likes Cindy, so I think we'll just put up with Rusty for now. And it's like, everyone else just deal with the situation be, for the sake of so-and-so's feelings. Long is this guy staying there? Yeah, J Jesse is oblivious. Where has he been this whole time? It's like your cousin's coming in and you haven't even hung out. He spent more time with a family than he spent with you. It's like, oh, guys, I'm glad you're here. What do you think of Stavros? Isn't he a great guy? And everyone kind of looks at each other like they want to say something so bad, but for fear of hurting Jesse's feelings. And they're all like, oh, yeah, he's he's been great. <laughs> and Danny says, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame he has to leave so soon. Like, I'm not sorry about that. And Michelle says, Thursday, 9-18. <laughs> this gets brought up again, it feels like. Oh, this is so dumb. He's like, no, 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 guys, guess what? Now get this. Because Starbucks loves America and all you guys so much, he's thinking about moving here. something it is your house after all because jesse says oh i've asked him to stay here and live with us until he gets settled <laughs> Dan, Je Je jesse this isn't your house you don't get to make that call you live in the attic if he wants to if you want him to shack up there with you and becky and the twins he's like oh what do you guys think about that oh danny come on open your mouth and say something it's your house Family is like, no way is this man staying here any longer. Everyone basically just grins and bears it, basically. Hey, look, gang, pizza. Oh. <laughs> they start using dirty laundry as a topping. At least there's one happy customer. Or not. Guys, I am not a happy camper. Look at this. 
I, I got a parking ticket for parking next to a fire hydrant. Starburst just cost me 65 bucks. Yeah, well, it cost me 20 bucks and my watch. Wait, he had 20 bucks? He cost me 20 bucks for that hot goat on dough. Yeah, well, he hustles more than just money. When I was in the kitchen with him, he tried to hit on me. Wow, Starburst is a sleazebag. Well, you know, he does have one good quality. He's leaving Thursday at 918. I think maybe we should just, you know, try to hang in there until then, okay? Hey, guys. Oh, I'm glad you're all here. What do you think of Stavros? Isn't he a great guy? Oh, yeah, he's been yeah. really surprising. Yeah, it's a shame he has to leave so soon. Thursday, 918. Well, I don't know, guys. I have great news. Now, get this. Because Stavros loves America and all you guys so much, he's thinking about moving here. I figured since everyone gets along so well, I've asked him to, uh, you know, stay here and live here with us until he gets settled. No. What do you guys think? No. Mm-mm. Thank you, Danny. When we get back from commercial, Danny stands up like, look, Jess, I don't know if Stavros staying here is a good idea. Stavros is right before the top of the stairs, so he actually hears all of this. And Jesse is making excuses for Starburst. Oh, Danny, it's okay. You know what? I, I, I know what your concern is. Stavros used your razor to shave his chest, but I'll talk to him about- What? Ew! Throw that out! And, and, and Danny's like, wait, no, no, that's not it. He did what now? Yeah, Joey says, Jess, the guy's a con man. I'm like, Jesse, how well do you know this cousin of yours? You met him once when you were 11 in Greece, and you're like 30 plus years old now? You don't know anything you got. He saw his out, and he took it. Yeah, Joey says he's been hustling us ever since he got here. Yeah, and Jesse just, he doesn't want to hear it. He's like, I, I can't believe what you guys are saying here. Yeah, he says, when I was a stranger... In Stavros's country, he treated me like a brother. He's family. You insult Stavros, you insult me. Jesse, you want to talk about family? Let's talk about family. Look at the family that you're with right now. How many times have they had your back over the last seven years versus one summer you spent with Stavros when you were 11? Really? And you're choosing to believe someone you've met twice in your life who you really don't know anything about actually now that i think it is really interesting is because in the last episode when papuli was talking about a story one of the characters in the story was stavros now were they talking about the same stavros here or are there many named stavros in greece i don't know and becky says look listen jess stavros made a pass at me i had to hit him with a carrot and he's like, oh, honey, it's okay. He told me about it. It's all a big misunderstanding. He's Greek, you know? And you know how Greeks are. They're passionate and physical. He didn't mean anything by it. Wow. Um, if I were just, if I were Becky, I'd be like, you know what? I don't like the fact that you're choosing this man over your entire family here who supported you up to this point. We're telling you there's something going on with this guy that you clearly cannot see because... You, you just can't see your, I don't know. But anyway, I'd be like, you know what? That's great. You stay with Stavros. We're going to go somewhere else. Because this is ridiculous. Well, and the thing is, 
I mean, and I don't want to compare it too much to the whole Joey and Roxy scenario where it's like, well, if you guys don't want to hang around her, you're not going to be around me or something to that effect. But the fact that, why is it that they always choose the person outside the family? Almost like it's a, I'm choosing them over you scenario. He's refusing to believe it because this person is supposedly family, a cousin. That's your wife, the mother of your children. She comes to tell you that someone nearly assaulted her physically, and you're making excuses saying, oh, he's Greek. He didn't mean anything by it. They're physical. You know, they, they're, uh, they're passionate. I feel like, you know, I don't know you anymore. I'm taking the kids and I'm going somewhere else because I can't with you right now, Jesse. I don't. The fact that you would side with this man that you, you can't even see what he's doing to your family. Uh, Jess, I don't know if Stavros staying here is such a good idea. Oh, Danny, it's okay. You know, I, I know what your concern is. Stavros used your razor to shave his chest, but you know what? I'll talk to him about it. No, that's not it. He did what? <laughs> Jess, the guy's a con man. He's been hustling us ever since he got here. Con man? I can't believe what you guys are saying here. Now, now when I was a stranger in Stavros' country, he treated me like a, like a brother. He's family. You insult Stavros, you insult me. Listen, Jess... Stavros made a pass at me. I had to hit him with a carrot. Honey, it's okay. He, he told me about it. It's all a big misunderstanding. He's Greek. You know how Greeks are? They're, they're passionate. They're physical. He, he didn't mean anything by it. Stavros already has his bag packed when he comes down the stairs, and Jesse's surprised. He's like, Stavros, where are you going? And he says, oh, back home to Greece. Everybody but Jesse's like, oh, well, okay, nice seeing you. Bye. Like, they would escort him to the door if it got him out the door fast enough. They are not sad to see him go. Even Stephanie and Michelle, like, jump off the couch and say, Oh, bye, bye-bye. <laughs> bye, see you later, nice knowing you. How much time has Jesse really spent with Stavros? I'm just, I'm curious, because we haven't seen them share a scene together. You know, since they walked in the door, pretty much. So, Stavros... Well, come on, guys. We've seen it. We all know he's lying. Says, oh, just got a call from back home. Village of Palapolis is no more. Huge disaster. Homes destroyed. Everybody homeless. Major mudslide. Just wiped Palapolis off the map. Now, of course, the whole family feels guilty for, like, oh, gosh, maybe I shouldn't have been telling me to And Jesse reacts, like, oh, gosh, that's terrible. Well, I'm guessing, so that must be where Stavros lives? Because Jesse's not worried, like, oh, my family, the rest of what's left of my family or anything? Because the grandparents are clearly, I mean, Papuli's gone. I'm sure his wife. Otherwise, maybe she would have made the trip. I don't know. We didn't hear about her in the last episode. So, at least he's, I don't want decent enough to give them their stuff back. Watch and money. Both gives Joey his watch and his 20 bucks and DJ her 20 bucks. And, of course, he apologizes to Becky. 
apologize to Pretty Lady for poor manners. So he's really thrown on the guilt here. He's like, oh, maybe mudslide is punishment for bad behavior. And he says he's sorry, but Danny accepted, but Joey's face is like, I am not believing anything that's coming out of this guy's mouth. He re Joey really, he's just got the furrowed brow. He just, he's really like analyzing Stavros there. He's like, I don't, I don't think that guy's telling the truth. Not to mention, I mean, turn on the TV. Is it on the news? I mean, I know it's 1994, but don't they usually report on stuff that they hear about that? Not to mention, if that, Jesse probably would have jumped out. Like, I gotta check this out. I got family over there. I gotta make sure they're all right. I mean, if, if Stavros is his cousin, then clearly he must have aunts and uncles over there as well. And other cousins. So... Danny's the one that's like, oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Is there anything we can do to help you? And Stavros like, oh, I don't know. If only we could do something to raise funds. Stephanie comes up with a fundraiser. There you go. We'll use the Smash Club for the fundraiser. How about it? And then DJ's like, hey, you know, we had a dance-a-thon for the children's hospital at, the, at my school. How about something like that? Volunteers would dance and people would sponsor them. All right. Made a fortune, do you see? The smile on Stavros' face. And both Stephanie and Michelle volunteer to dance. And Michelle even says, even if I have to stay up past my bedtime. Stavros, where are you going? Back home to Greece. Well, have a nice trip. Yeah. Stavros, you can't leave yet. Oh, sorry, Jesse. Just spoke to relatives back home. Huge disaster. A, a, a village of Polopolos is no more. Homes destroyed, everybody homeless, major mudslide, proto Polopolos. That's terrible. Is, is there anything we can do? I don't know. Now I must go home. But first, I must give back all things I took. What? Money and apologize to pretty lady for poor manners. Maybe much slightest punishment because of bad behavior. I'm sorry. We're sorry too. But what can we do to help you? <sighs> I don't know. If only some way to raise funds. How about a fundraiser? Why I don't think of that. <laughs> hey, you know what? We can uh, we can use the Smash Club. Hey, you know we had a dance-a-thon at our school for the children's hospital. Volunteers would dance and people would sponsor them. We made a fortune. <laughs> I volunteer to dance as long as I have to. I volunteer too, even if I have to stay up way past my Alright, so we see a banner that says Rebuild Palopolis. So Jesse is happy. I really like, you know, he's really celebrating his Greek heritage here. There's one guy with a slicked back ponytail that just makes me think of like that villain from Three Ninjas. I forgot his name. Becky's got a table set up so she can take donations and uh, they can sponsor dancers. 
dance for one hour. Woo! <laughs> it's like, oh, so many hours to go. So there is a pillar with, I'm guessing, oh, it's cash. Nowadays, people would probably just use their cards to make donations. There would hardly be any cash donations, I would imagine. Jesse says, we still need more dancers. So if you want to dance, come up here, grab a number, and shake your musica. So Danny and Joey are just hanging off to the side, almost like they're at a dance waiting for someone to, you know, come up to them and ask them to dance. Like, oh, you guys are not shy. Come on now. There's a sign that says, parking, Greeks only, all others will be towed behind them on the wall. So of course, these two ladies come up to Joey and Danny, and they're like, oh, hi, you want to dance? And Danny says, till we drop, because he was telling Joey just before those ladies showed up, oh, there's no way I'm getting out there to dance till I drop. <laughs> Davros, again, in that plaid suit jacket and amazing pants, carrying it around that clear square container of cash as people are just dropping cash into it. two hours later everyone is like literally falling asleep on their feet oh my goodness all, all the adults even teens stephanie and michelle can barely hold each other up as they're because <laughs> stephanie is about ready to fall asleep and michelle <laughs> is basically standing on stephanie's feet like oh i could go on for hours and hours and hours yeah, because Stephanie says, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't know how much longer I can go on. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle says, really? I could dance all night. Okay, wow, this ended abruptly. Um, I guess Stavros got all the money he needed. Come on, guys, we know that this is a ploy for him to get that money. Because he comes up on stage like, all right, dance-a-thon, over. Everyone kind of looks like, what, after three hours, really? I mean, I'm sure some of them are relieved so I can go home and go to bed, but... <laughs> there was no real set time or did he just say only for a few hours or something to that because and Jesse doesn't come out and say oh, what do you mean it's over no we're still going strong so Stavros takes his suit jacket off throws it at Michelle's face and says time to put my money where my hand is so you hear him say dig in pockets dig in pockets more 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 what a greedy jerk so, Michelle and Stephanie discover there is a plane ticket in Stavros's pocket. He's not going back to Greece. He's going to Orlando, Florida. He's probably going to Disney World. He's flying to Orlando, Florida tonight. No wonder he's like, okay, dance-a-thon is over because he's got a plane to catch. <sighs> Becky 
comes over and Tiji's like, hey, Aunt Becky, look, you might be interested in this. Fabros is flying to Orlando tonight. Yeah, of course. Becky, yeah, I bet this whole mudslide thing is just another one of its... Yeah, think? So that guy's gonna walk around with a big clear container of just cash? That guy would get mugged. He would, any, anyone's walking around with a load of cash just out in the open, you're gonna get robbed. Yeah, she, <laughs> she says Spider-Marley's gonna be cruising the Magic Kingdom trying to get Tinkerbell's phone number. And of course, Stephanie right away says, we better tell Uncle Jesse. But then Becky says, oh, you know how he feels about Stavros. It's like, look, this man shystered everyone. Everyone there took their money. Yeah, Becky said, you, you know, he already didn't believe you when you're saying he was doing all these things. You think he's going to believe this whole mudslide thing was a scam? I doubt it. But Becky's got it. She's like, no, we're going to have to prove it. To Yeah. I like how they do this. This is very creative. Yeah, she's, she's already got an idea forming in her head. Thing is just another one of his scams. By tomorrow, he's going to be cruising the Magic Kingdom trying to get Tinkerbell's phone number. <laughs> we better tell Uncle Jesse. You know how Uncle Jesse feels about Stavros, Steph? He's not going to believe us. We're going to have to prove it to him. And you know what? I think I have a way to do it. Come here. So we're in, I'm guessing this is Jesse's office. It's not any type of green room. But we do see Jesse's poster from when he was in Japan. Again, I haven't covered that episode. I do plan to get to it between June and July for the Jesse's career ladder journey. Or music career journey. We'll see. <laughs> However we want to do this. Um, Becky's there. She's wearing a burgundy reddish dress. She's got a bouquet of flowers. She's got a microphone. She's just <clears throat> waiting for Savros to take the bait. And she's pretty much using herself as bait. I, I even even this scene along with them, just ah, he's just he it, it just makes me uncomfortable. I think it's because I feel too close to the character, especially back then. Especially back then when I watched it. Any other closeness romantically outside of someone that isn't Jesse? Like, that episode in Making Out is hard to do with Becky and, and Joey, even though it was like a nightmare-fueled frenzy dream. 
of Jesse's. It was still uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, we also see in Jesse's office a motorcycle poster that's framed King Creole. There's a corkboard that's got a thing that says things to do on it. We see a picture of Jesse, Becky, and the twins framed by the left of the arm of the couch there. There's a red guitar. It's a nice looking room. It really adds something to the basic brick walls there. Becky just trying to be sultry and seductive is just, <laughs> again, if it's not Jesse, it's just weird. We also see, it looks like they took stuff that was originally in Jesse's bedroom and put it all over the walls. Because we also see, uh, it could be a movie poster, it's got a jukebox, a picture of a jukebox on it, and then there's a, looks like it could be a, another Elvis movie poster or Beach Boys poster or something. There's also a little fan on a filing cabinet. Stavros comes in wearing a white tank top with suspenders he's got like the ruffle like you would see on like those old tuxedos like the ruffly part with the he's wearing a black bow tie he takes out some banaca sprays it in his mouth and then sprays his pits with it gross so he's like oh michelle said you wanted to see me alone and she says oh yes i'll be frank and then he asks can i still be stavros and she's like whatever <laughs> I still be Savros. Becky just looks at him like, gosh, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> How is this? This guy is not. I'm sorry, but, um, and the fact that he's bilking people out of their money. Oh, she says, whatever turns you on. He's speaking in a, a heavy, sultry voice. And she says, oh, Stavros, I know I haven't known you that long, but I, and he finishes, oh, you have the, she's like, but I have the hots, yeah, the hots for my, as he says, bonbon. I thought he was going to say bod bod. See, this is just different when you have the subtitles on. And of course, <laughs> Becky's like, uh, well, I wasn't going to put it that way, but yes, yes. Yeah, and she says, oh, I don't know if you know this, but yesterday I couldn't take my eyes off you while you're eating SpaghettiOs with your fingers. And he says, oh, spoons are for wimps. Or for something. I'm like, <laughs> So he rushes at her because she's sitting on the couch this whole time. He's like, now kiss me, Yankee Doodle Doll face. And she gets out of the way so fast. And she's like, oh, I will. But, um, first. She wants to hear, you know, she's got to hear him confess. She has to get that on the microphone. So, because they got speakers hooked up and everything out in the, um, in the dance hall area. She says, but first, I'd like to ask you a question as she brings the bouquet close to him. Yeah. She says, how would you like to run away with me someplace warm and romantic? What kind of place you want to go after you've won the Super Bowl? He says, this is fate with big F and little eight. So he shuts the door to the office, says, I'm going to Florida tonight. Let's paint the town with roller. And she, Becky, of course, pretends to be surprised. Like, really? What What about this benefit and all the money we're raising? 
He says, oh, Becky, this whole thing is fake as three drachma bill. He still wants to kiss her before, he says, before my breath spray wears off. And he, like, puts his hand on the back of her neck and starts walking her backwards towards the couch. And she's like, um, I I would, but I have a feeling we're going to be interrupted, like, any second. Of course, there's a knock on the door and it's Michelle. Yeah, he has her, like, bent back. And she's like, oh, did I call that or what? And, of course, Becky's like, how come you're not Jesse in a jealous rage? And Stephanie, Michelle says, maybe because we couldn't hear you. She's like, oh, maybe I should turn the microphone on. It's like, oh, probably. (laughs) So she shuts the door, says, oh, Star Roast, your loafer's untied. And then he looks down, she immediately grabs the microphone, flips the on switch, and puts it back in the bouquet of flowers. So again, he's doing like, <laughs> however voice he was doing. And he's like, oh, you make joke with Stavros. And then he says something about wanting to kiss her again. And Becky's like, oh, because he runs at her. And she like, like jumps out of the way. And she's like, oh, yeah, we kiss. Uh, but first, um, I want to hear about your plan again. No, she's like, but first, do you know what would really, really drive me wild? And he says, painting sad clowns on my toenails. Oh, gross. <sighs> Ugh. I can't just so disgusting. Like, uh, yes, certainly. But, uh, you know what I would really love? To hear your plan all over again. Tell me your whole brilliant plan again. He's like, oh, that's what floats your tune about. And then, of course, we're outside now. And we hear Sarah say, first of all, there was no mudslide. So, of course, everyone's hearing this. And Becky's pretending to be surprised. We see Jesse's reaction, too. He's like, he can't believe it. Like, oh, tell me more, Stavros. Louder. And he says, we sneak off to Florida. And she's literally shoving that bouquet of flowers literally in his face. And because he asks, why are you sticking flowers in my face? And Becky says, so everyone can hear you. He... Finds the microphone. And then before he runs out, he's like, oh, does this mean you do not want to go? <laughs> so he hightails it and Becky yells into the microphone, Jess, if you can hear this, here he comes. It's open. Monsieur said you wanted to see me alone. Oh, yes. I'll be frank. Can I still be Stavros? (laughs) Whatever turns you on. Stavros, I know I haven't known you that long, but... I have the... The hot for my butt bun? Well, I wasn't going to put it exactly like that, but... Yes, yes. I don't know if you know this, but... Yesterday, I couldn't take my eyes off of you while you ate SpaghettiOs with your fingers. Spoons are for whips. Now, kiss me, Yankee Doodle Doodle Face. I But, um, first, I'd like to ask you a question. 
How would you like to run away with me someplace warm and romantic? The kind of place you want to go after you've won the Super Bowl? This is filled with big if and little eight. <laughs> Going to Florida tonight. Liz paint town with Rolla. Really? Hmm? What about this benefit and all the money we're raising? Oh, Becky, this, this whole thing is fake as three drachma bill. Now, kiss me before my breath spray wears off. Uh, I would, but uh, I have a feeling we're going to be interrupted any second. Did I call that or what? <laughs> How come you're not Jesse in a jealous rage? Because we couldn't hear you. I should probably turn the microphone on. Probably. <laughs> Your loafer's untied. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you make joke with Stavros. Uh, now we kiss. We kiss. But first, do you know what would really, really drive me wild? Painting sad clowns on my toenails. <laughs> Well, yes, certainly. But, um, first, I would really love it if you would, uh, tell me your whole brilliant plan one more time. Oh, so that's what floats your tune about. First of all, there was no mudslide. Really, Stavros? Oh, tell me more. Louder. We sneak off to Florida. Why are you sticking flowers in my face? So everyone can hear you. A microphone! <laughs> Does this mean you don't know where to go? Jess, if you're listening, here he comes! So Stavros comes out, grabs the clear box of cash, and tries to make a run for it. Again, we get this Danny with the kung fu noises and the dude, no, just stop. Embarrassing and ridiculous. So, of course, Joey's trying to stop him and Stephanie's like, get him, Uncle Jesse. He's been standing there the whole time just watching this. Like, he still can't realize this cousin of his is a shyster. So Jesse goes, picks Stavros up, spins him around, and Danny says, I got him, Jess, as both he and Joey hold Stavros while Jesse confronts him. But Jesse tells Danny and Joey to let him go, and Joey just kind of looks at him like, are you serious? And Jesse acts like his heart is broken, because maybe in a way it is. Yes, Stavros, how would you do this to me? To my family. I trusted you, man. Yeah, apparently Stavros is a smidge older than Jesse because he says, I looked up to you. Yeah, and Stavros is just, he, it's 100% jealousy. He's like, look at you. All I'm hearing in Grace is all about Jesse in America. How wonderful job is. Beautiful wife. Perfect family. And Jesse's like, all right, maybe I do have all that, but I didn't get it by stealing. I worked for it. Maybe that's something you should try. And of course, Starburst says, I did try. I worked very, very hard. Worst day of my life. 
And Jesse says, you hurt me, Stavros. You may be family, but you're out of here. He apologizes to them, like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. And Danny speaks for all of them, saying, it's, it's, it's all right, Jess. I'm like, all right, come on, Stavros, you got a plane to catch. Thursday, 9-18, be there. <laughs> Is there a reason why they're sending him into the bathroom? Because <laughs> that's the exact area that they're going into. about this in America. How wonderful job is. Beautiful wife, perfect family. All right, all right, maybe I do have all that. But I didn't get it by stealing. I worked for it. Maybe that's something you should try. I did try. I worked very, very hard. Worst day of my life. <laughs> you hurt me, Stavros. You may be family, but... You're out of here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay, Jess. Come on, Stavros. You got a plane to catch. Thursday, 918. Be there. <laughs> and Jesse turns to his family and says, I'm sorry, guys. I should have listened. And Jesse says, and everybody, I'm going to make sure you get your money back. And DJ's like, or you could give it to a really good cause, like the Children's Hospital, uh, the vague Children's Hospital. I believe, uh, is everyone going to, like, feel like a bad, like, well, actually, I wouldn't mind having my money back, you know, that's, like, grocery money or something. I don't know. And again, if they weren't taking down the amounts of money that were given by specific people, how are we going to know how much each person got back? But... Apparently, they're cool. They're like, yeah, donate it to the Children's Hospital. Absolutely. I don't, we don't even know how much money was donated. This isn't like the, the telethon where it'll show you how much has been donated. So it'll go to one cause, so that's good. Not a fake mudslide that never happened. Basically, lining Stavros' pockets. So, Jesse takes Becky over to one of the booths and says, oh, I'm sorry, Beck. I, I should have listened to you about Stavros. Um... Where are Nikki and Alex? If everyone's here at the Smash Club, who's watching the twins? Aunt Ida? Maybe Kimmy's parents? I, I don't know. Kimmy's parents didn't even want to take care of Kimmy, so I can't see them extending an olive branch and watching Nikki and Alex. And Becky says, you know, sometimes when you care about someone, it's, it's hard to see the truth about them. And... Jesse asks Becky, do you forgive me? And she kisses him. Aww. And he's, he says after she stops kissing him, he's like, oh, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> People are just kind of looking at him like awkwardly. And he turns to like, what are you looking at? This is not a free show. Dance, come on. That's pretty much how the episode ends. They, uh, Jesse joins a... Uh, what you would call it. It's not conga line. As you, they grab hands and they just kind of, you know, dance and stuff. 
sorry, guys. I should have listened to you. And everybody, I, I'm going to make sure you get all your money back. Or you could give it to a really good cause, like the Children's Hospital. It's a good idea, Deej. What do you say? Can we do that? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Beck. I should have listened to you about stuff. Well, when you care about someone, sometimes it's hard to see the truth. Forgive me. I'll take that as a yes. What are you looking at? This is not a free show. <laughs> Dance, music. That was the episode. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed it as much as I kind of did. It, the scenes of Sabros weren't in it. I, I enjoyed, which really um, I It was. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm just happy I made it through this episode. Um, so worst outfit, of course, 100% Stavros, 100% with that plaid suit jacket and pants. Just that ruffle thing that he had going on. It just looked blech. Uh, best outfit? I want to give it to Steph. I really... I wore some flannel back in the 90s, too. Uh, but she had this yellow and black long-sleeved uh, flannel button-up, and I, I just... I thought it really complimented really nice. Um, of course, we get to see Kimmy's cool, colorful work vest, because she's there, too. Um, Tanner Teachable moment, honestly, um, if you donate to a cause, you might want to get as much information about it as possible just to make sure it is a hundred percent legit, like you know where your money's going, that it's actually going to support the cause and not the people that are setting it up. Another, (laughs) family is a real dicey situation, honestly, um, and the fact that it really just unnerved me. Jesse had only seen Stavros once when he was 11 and then again when he's, you know, present day. But I guess he had such, I mean, an entire three months where he looked up to Stavros. Stavros treated him like a brother. Did he not have any other cousins over there? Or was that the only guy cousin? Because it seems like Stavros was just a smidge, supposedly a smidge older than Jesse. Like maybe he was like a couple years older. I don't know. But he felt just such, he didn't want to do wrong by Stavros because Stavros treated him like a brother when he was over there in Greece that one summer. And he's, Jesse is willing to go against his family's word about what a shyster this guy is and what a crook he is and a creep. Finally, and, and Becky's right, you know, sometimes when it, when it comes to family, it's just, it's hard to hear the truth sometimes because... You know, you love them so much. The idea that they could do anything wrong in your eyes just is hard to really accept. That, you know, sometimes you're like, the idea that they're anything but perfect in your eyes, just sometimes it's it's hard to accept. So, um, yeah, sometimes, hey, if you got more than one person saying, hey, there's something going on with this person, they're not who they say they are, they're stealing, they're making a pass at your 
significant. What what have you? What have you? It's like you got at least more than one person telling you that. Maybe you might want to like look into it. <laughs> I mean, just don't. I don't know. But yeah, that's pretty much a Tanner teachable moment for. This, and we finished it all okay. And of course, we got Bob Saget, RIP. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. His birthday, of course, May. So I am also going to be doing season seven, I believe. Season seven, A Date with Fate, which honestly, again, not really a favorite episode of mine. It's just an okay episode. It just seemed like season seven and eight, there are, were like a handful that were just like, meh, like you could kind of take them or leave them, basically. Um, 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 A Date with Fate, also season seven, episode 22. Danny's date when DJ's date meet and become attracted to each other. Nikki and Alex learn a mother's day. Oh, that is what that, I always was like, what episode is that from? Because I know it's a side plot. I could never remember, like, what one is it from? So that works out great, since this episode is also going to be airing in May. So, yeah, look forward to that. And I will be kicking off Jesse's musical career journey in June and July. So, double dose of Jesse for the two J summer months. If you guys have any you'd like to, you can leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Also, if you'd like to leave an email, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And again, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.